Join us on the horn right now. He is a Michigan man, a Concordia alum, a proud and prestigious Concordia alum, I might add. He did his GA years under John Beeline. Now he's in a coach at the Ohio University Bobcats. One of one of the top five teams, the only top five team in the MAC that won this past Tuesday, the Ohio Bobcats. The coach, Kyle Barlow. Find him on Twitter at Kyle Barlow for Coach Barlow. My man, good morning to you. How are you? How's life? How are things? Things are great, man. And uh, listening to the show yesterday, I think you uh, you missed a chance for the John Rothstein. Our anarchy? Nope. That's just college basketball, right? You said it was chaos. You were looking for the term. I thought you were going to go with the Rothstein. Is this anarchy? Nope. Just college basketball, baby. Top four or four of the top five teams lose. Um, just a very a crazy night, man, and a night why you love college basketball, right? Not just the MAC basketball, but college basketball in general because any given night, right? Any given Tuesday, anything can happen, especially when you're getting to this late in the year. And I want to ask you a question about um, coaches because now we've seen it a couple times. So um, you get this late in the year and your team's either going one of two ways, right? You're either trending up or trending down. Very few teams are kind of status quo um, because of the fact that the top eight teams make the MAC tournament. You know, there's other tournaments. The Big Ten's going to be like that uh, next year. So it's like you're either trending up or you're trending down. You either have something to play for or you don't have something to play for. And I want to ask you about coaches calling out their teams publicly. You know, you have the very public uh, uh, and well-picked up Rick Pitino segment, right? Where he just goes absolutely off on his team. And what did they do? Uh, I don't know. They just beat the number one team or was it the number one team in the country? Was it UConn or Creighton? No, it was uh, Creighton, Creighton did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dismantled Creighton uh, in the game after that. And then took just bludgeoned Butler last night. And Butler's been playing really well. They're one of those teams that were trending up. So it's like, okay, so and now he's kind of saying, well, that was a, a planned, you know, a hit, uh, a, you know, a, a tactic that, you know, I like to use, whether you believe that or not. And then you have uh, the Northern Illinois coach, which I don't know if you saw it, probably didn't get picked up as much. But after our game, they were really struggling uh, in our game. Like, they, it was not the same team that was in Savage Arena on Tuesday. Um, we played them the previous Saturday and uh, beat them uh, by 20 in a really just unexciting game. You know, for us, it was exciting, but just an unexciting game. And after the game, their head coach, um, uh, Berno, he said – uh, whoever shows up at practice tomorrow, that's who we're taking to Toledo. So not as strong as Rick Pitino, but still a statement is like, man, like whoever shows up, we're taking. That's who the dudes we're rolling with. You know, a, really a shot fired across the bow. So I want to ask you about that. Like, is it, it, is it, do you think it impacts the next game? Because now we've seen in a couple small uh, things just in the past two weeks, a couple of occasions that it's uh, really changed the way the team has played. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that Northern Illinois game. Is it is it true they were missing three of their top players in that game against Toledo? I saw a guy from BGSU was tweeting about it, and I'm like, wait a minute, who, what? I, I mean, I was working, so I didn't get to actually see the game. I just saw the, the final result. But I, I think that from... Uh, from the outside looking in, right, you coach the sport, so you know, you know what it's like. I think that if you are... If your guys know... That when that that you have their back, and if something goes wrong, that you understand that okay, like I'm not I'm not afraid to say, hey, this is my fault. I didn't have the guys prepared, or our plan wasn't great, or whatever the case may be. The co- the coach falls on the sword. I think if they see that happen, 
that they're a little bit more willing to or a little bit more maybe responsive to when the coach goes after them because it's like man he never does that i think that if you constantly you know when you if you win and you credit yourself but then you lose and you throw the players under the bus and that seems to be a trend and it happens a lot the players hear it they see it they understand uh, so i i think that that's kind of that's kind of the dice roll that's the personality right of your program that's the personality of of your players and only you would know that yeah, no, no doubt. And I think, yeah, I think you got to know them. Uh, thinking every player, you know, I think coaching uh, is about motivation, right? And that's something Jim Calhoun always used to say. And you, you really can't coach the same uh, or the uh, uh, one player the same as you coach the other because, you know, people are motivated by different things, right? So I think that that's a very interesting thing to think about. And then on the other hand, you do have like um, – you do have guys who go out there and there's only so many more things you can do. Like I think Rick Pitino felt desperate. You know, you feel it. You probably, we probably have Michigan state fans who, you know, listen to the show and, um, and are tuning in are like, yeah, but we need Izzo to do that because Izzo will not do that. He refuses to do that. And, you know, he says some uh, backhanded things like, well, it can't be anybody else's fault uh, nowadays and the way things are. So I guess it's my fault. So that's a very backhanded thing, a way to say it, but you know, he, he won't do it, but then you look across the country and St. John's did it and St. John's got a jolt from it. So maybe some Spartan fans are like, we need that. We need that. You know, I, uh, I had a great conversation last night with a, with a few Spartan dogs, as they like to say, and the questioning of Tom Izzo is just, I mean, and, and look like here's the deal. You've been there for that long. You have one national championship. It was very early on. Um, the success hinges on the final fours, you know, and, and those types of banners. I, I find it very interesting. Uh, I'm not one to, I don't want to challenge uh, Tom Izzo. I know that he's forgotten more about the game than I'll ever know. Uh, it has worked for a very long time. The guy is bigger than the Pope on that campus. Hell, they named the football facility after him, for God's sakes. He's not even a football coach, right? He is <laughs> that dude on campus. But my question is, when you see some of the things from a lineup perspective, like fans want Xavier Booker to play more. They flat out wanted to play. Like, why are they so obsessed with Mati Sissoko? It doesn't matter if the guy's been there 50 years. The dude gives you maybe eight points and two rebounds in 40 minutes. Like, move on. Like, let him come off the bench. They're, they're just very, very frustrated. And my, I guess my question is, what do you really expect? Because making the tournament isn't really a thing for them anymore. Right. They've made it so much that making the tournament's a given. Right. They want to they want to win the damn thing. Making a final four raises everybody's eyebrows. But at the end of the day, like they want to win it. That's not even a question. That's just like a statement, because I'm like, look, I don't want (laughs) to say anything. But at the same time, it's like, yo, where are your titles at? Yeah, I think a lot of the frustration for Michigan State fans fall into, you know, it's not. um it, you do trust Tom Izzo, right? And he's earned that right. And and you laid out the reasons perfectly um, before you started uh, or at the beginning when you're talking. But I think the frustrations lie is this isn't the Tom Izzo we've seen, not the fiery, get in your face kind of guy, get on Sports Center and have all those midday shows talk about you being a bully and then all the dads coming out and saying, I want him to coach my son like that. You know, he's becoming a man when he coaches like that. Where is all that gone? And I think, it, I think the answer is uh, Coach Izzo knows it's a different era and you don't do that but i think that's the michigan state fans frustration like look we were good when you were doing all that stuff you were getting in people's faces you were fiery you know you were you were you were calling people out but um i think
think that's where a lot of the frustration lies. And, you know, you said <laughs> when you said, yeah, they named the football uh, facility after he's not even a football coach. It's like, uh, you know, when I order a club sandwich at uh, Subway and, or I order a club sandwich and I'm not even in the club or I'm not even a member, I don't know how I get away with it, you know? <laughs> hey, by the way, Justin Feldkamp, he's, uh, he wants to know when Bellino and Barlow launch. Uh, he just texted me Ooh. that. He's like, man, it's, this Kyle guy, he's really something. I miss him when he was here. Oh, he's just gassing you up. I'm like, relax. I was like, I'll read the first part of these texts, but I don't want to get this guy, you know, I don't want to overinflate here. I just, I find it fascinating this time of year. So I, I'm, you know, yesterday morning, right, I'm looking at, the, I'm going through the scores and I'm like, holy mackerel, four out of the top five teams in the conference lost. And the, and the team that didn't lose beat one of the, you know, it was you guys, right, beating Akron 74 to 67. I couldn't, like, I was, I was shocked at how everything played out Tuesday. And we did a, we did a, one of our, like, smaller segments just on the standings because I, for one, believe that uh, one, like the Mac, that we have five schools within our uh, listening range right within our all of our different affiliates across the state of Michigan and and in northwest ohio as well and I, you know, I, Freddie the Pizza Man came after me, cut, you know, just, you know, I'm talking about college basketball. Did you not know there's spring training? He's just ripping me a new one. I'm like, dude, this is great stuff. This is, I mean, this is, like, this is it. Like, you got to get your positioning right now for the Mid American Conference Tournament because you want to make the path of least resistance. Like, you want it to be as easy as possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I listened to the segment yesterday and I, I do appreciate you, uh, saying that, you know, we're friends and that Ohio's not paying for the spot. Although, as soon as you said that, it got me thinking. I'm like, you know, like when your parents pay, you know, people to be your friends when you're young, if you're kind of a loser. I'm like, wait, does Ohio pay behind my back, Bellino? <laughs> just so Bellino can gas me up a little bit and I, have, I feel good about myself? Uh, you know, I opened up my banking app and it said Bulls Direct Deposit. Is what it, that's what it said. It was five digits and had a comma. I was getting all excited. It's kind of in my head now, like when after the first time you saw the Truman Show, and you're like, "Wait, is that my life? Is my life the Truman Show? Is, has it been this way all along? Too many coincidences, bull. You know, too many coincidences. But no, it's it's what you live for, right? And it's like you know, you get those teams that jump out um, and and establish them as the uh, uh, premier teams in the MAC, and that's uh, Akron and Toledo this year in basketball. And you know, they establish that from early on in the conference season. And then it's like, okay, you get to these days. These are the dog days, man. They really are. Like, the conference tournament's still two weeks away. Um, so you have that jolt of energy. You have that excitement. But it's like, who are these teams right now who are going to be the teams that are just starting to gel together? Maybe it's you're coming off of injuries, you know? Maybe it's, you know, you're getting a couple guys back becoming healthy. Or maybe it's you're just starting to figure out who you are and who fits best and what role and how you win, right? And I think that's what our team has started to figure out a little bit. We won eight of our last ten um, at this point, you know, like you said, a big win against Akron, but I think our guys are really starting to get to that point where they're player led. And, and we talk about Coach Izzo, um, and I have talked about it in this uh, show before, but one of the quotes I like from him the best is if your team is not player led by March, then you're not going to be very good. And right now, like sometimes I can't get a word in, in the huddle, and that's not because Coach Bowles is talking, it's because the guys are talking. And sometimes, like, I want to interject, but I'm like, you know what? No, 
Let them take ownership because at the end of the day, that's something that Coach Bowles does a great job of, of letting his guys take ownership, even if it's not what we want to do schematically or strategy-wise. But if they believe in it, then they're the ones going out there doing it. So if you have ownership in it, bro, more power to you, my friend. You go do it, and, and, and it has those results. So one thing that I always take from coaches though, is that, and you know, some of the best teams I've ever been around have been those player-led teams uh, at the end of the season. Boy, it's a uh, it, it it is fascinating, right? As the as the Mid American Conference, you take eight teams to Cleveland now. The they redid the tournament a couple times, and for, the first round was on campus sites, and then everybody was in Cleveland or however they did it. And it's just it, it's it's the nonstop evolution. But you got to be one of the top eight to get in. Your team right now sitting in third, and this can be applied like basically across the board. You can look at the Big Ten as well because there's only a handful of games left. You guys are two games back of Akron, one game back of Toledo. You got Bowling green on the docket for your last home game and then two road contests buffalo and miami that we'll get to uh, next week but you look at the cbs uh, sports network by the way national tv six o'clock tip off against bowling green you know what are you telling your guys as far as the moment what you're playing for like everybody lost you guys won it kicked the door right back open like you guys finished strong here like are you are you taught is this something you're talking about or is it kind of like no we still have to just be one game at a time like don't throw anything out there on the board and get somebody you know thinking about something that's two weeks away no it's one it's one game at a time and and it's definitely Coach speak. been that way well it, we're here to go three and oh and win the mac <laughs> look look if we would have won if we would have won at Toledo, um, which we were a bad travel call away and another travel that didn't get called on them uh, away from doing it, um, if we would have won at Toledo, then, yeah, like I, I think that you would be thinking about that. Hey, we're one game back now, and we just beat the team that we're chasing, right? So I think that that might have entered the conversation. But, you know, you still have two teams ahead of you, two teams who are very good, two teams who don't have to play each other um, or us, you know, so the top three, we're done playing, we're all done playing each other. So you just assume they're going to take care of business and for us it's and the reason why we're one at a time is look we're playing really good basketball right now we're doing something special so it's like why you know let's 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 know the why it's because you know in practice we've had great focus practice we've had player-led teams so let's keep encouraging these things and get to the point i still think we can be better you know we we had a kid um go down uh as our leading scorer with injury about a month ago and by the way about three and a half weeks ago now we're third we were sitting in the eight nine spot but you know about three and a half weeks ago we're sitting here like oh shoot we're in a dog fight to make cleveland so how quickly things can change right but we had a kid go down at western michigan miss a few miss a few games come back and not be right he was our leading scorer and leading rebounder elmore james and he's still finding a way to integrate into the lineup now that we've you know had some success um you know with other guys starting and you know those guys are fifth year seniors and those guys winning you know in late in the season in march when you have those fifth year seniors and and older guys. So I still think we have uh, room for growth um, in this area. And I think that's the most thing we're focusing on. And yes, that's coach speak Bolino. Absolutely. Coach speak. You know, there you and, go. And you look one on one. We teach it. Central you, Michigan has a coaching minor. I'm sure they have a class on it. <laughs> coaching minor. You look at, you know, to, you mentioned the Western Michigan game, two point loss on the road. You mentioned Toledo in the calls, two point loss on the road. Like those are, 
those are tightly contested games, right? And then for the younger guys, it's something you can kind of look back on. Like at the end of the season, you're getting ready for next year. It's like, look, look at these two games here and how these played a role in where we finished last year, right? And that's, you know, I, I, like February, I know January and February has got to be tough. It is because it's the grind. It's the little bit of consistent scheduling, which is kind of a nice thing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you just, you can't go through the motions, right? You got to fight. You got to fight that out of these college kids, man. It's tough. Hey, by the way, I want to tell you, your, your friend's going to join us coming up in hour number three. Who's that? Dan Watson. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, Waddy's oh, coming on. Talking about Jack of the Grand Rapids Griffins. I, the guys are just buzzing. The boys are buzzing right now, Barlow. You know what's great? Uh, last time I saw Waddy, we were, uh, you might have even been there. I'm not sure, but we were at the Blarney on a random, maybe Wednesday, in about this time of a year. And, uh, you know, we were having a, a dinner. I, I forget who was there with me, but we were having dinner, enjoying a nice cold beverage, maybe working on getting our name on the wall, if you know what I mean. And then uh, Waddy walks in. And so we're talking. I didn't know him like that, but, you know, I knew him from, he's been through a couple times, been through the offices at uh, Toledo when I was there. So we're talking. And he's like, all right, about to go load, uh, load the bus. So they were getting on the bus at like 8 p.m. to drive overnight to probably Omaha or somewhere. So he's like, all right, let me get a few beers, maybe maybe, maybe a uh, JMO so I can uh, sleep better on this bus. I'm like, man, we really do just live different lives, don't we? Oh, <laughs> man, it's, that's, that is such, that, e, that ECHL grind is no joke. No joke. Imagine hopping on, uh, uh, going to Blarney, uh, and then uh, getting a, getting a few adult beverages, and then hopping on the bus to go to Western Michigan, right, <laughs> for a basketball game the next day. I'm like, man, we live different lives, my friend, but I love it, man. Great dude, great dude. Glad glad for all of his successes, especially getting up to Grand Rapids Griffins. You know, a lot of good Red Wings prospects down there that I've been reading about. And how about them wings, man? Woo! How about them, them wings? Hey, hockey town. We're back, what Kyle. Did, what, what did what was the conversation like with you and Stevie Y last night? Come on, spill the beans. Spill uh, the beans. I told him what I usually tell, like the same thing I told Brad Holmes. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, did, like this, you can tell. And I, I brought up Colorado being the first playoff game in, in Little Caesars Arena. And it's caught a couple people uh, like around the organization a little off, but then they knew what I was saying. And they kind of agreed. They're like, yeah, that was uh, – that that was a game, you know, two one winner in overtime. You're down one nothing. You know, Colorado's a team that's you know second place in the division at the time that you see them. You know, they're in the playoffs, and it's like, yo, this is a playoff. This is a team you have to be able to beat, and it's at home, and just the energy in that building. Uh, what was it last Thursday? I mean, it was it was sensational. It was it was crazy. So uh, yeah, it, can you it was great. ask? Can you ask Coach Waddy? Like, because I was thinking about uh, Patrick Kane, you know, Kaner. Can you ask Coach Waddy why everybody's name ends in an R in hockey? Why is every nickname end in an R in hockey? I just, I've always wondered that. Because it always it used to end in Y, but now they moved it to R, and now we got to go. He is the coach, Kyle Barlow. Find him on Twitter, Kyle Barlow. Four, hour three is next. X is Michigan Sports Network.